Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you'll find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows to do the same. This is not a grief group. This is your journey, and it just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of your loss. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of the book, Widowed, and of The Widow Coach. I'm also a professionally certified life coach. Let the healing and the personal journey back to who you are begin. Welcome to episode 84. Today I want to talk to you about lesson nine that I teach in Widow Coaches class and share a little bit with you about that lesson. This lesson is called the manual. And I have a story that I always tell my class about this to help them understand. When Jim and I were first married and living in New York City, we lived in a condo. Um, It was a terrific condo. And I was fascinated being a California girl moving to New York City with just the whole idea of living in a building like that. It was very much like the old Seinfeld show. You know, when people came to the door downstairs, they would buzz and you could talk across the intercom and let them in. And garbage was taken across the hall. There was like a little closet that had a metal door you could open in the wall in that closet and dump your bag of garbage down. To me, it was like magic. It was like I could throw anything down that garbage chute and it just like disappeared into the belly of the building. Um, Apparently, it went to a a huge compactor and the super took care of it. But um, when we were first married, Jim would just automatically take out the garbage. And if I was cooking and it was getting full, and if I said, hey, could you help? He would just rush in there and take out the garbage, right? Newlyweds, I'll take out the garbage for you. (laughs) So good. Fast forward, fast forward for like a decade and a half. We were living in a house here upstate New York. Um, after 10 years in New York city, it was exciting and it was fantastic, but I decided I needed to see stars again because you can't see the stars in New York city. And I really wanted a garden. I'm not a city girl by nature. So I, we bought a house up here on the Hudson river and it had gotten to the point where he kind of begrudged taking out the garbage. Now it wasn't really any farther of a walk than it was in our condo because the gar- the kitchen has a door that goes out to a little breezeway and the garbage can is just across the breezeway, right? But it got to the point that he would come into the kitchen and he would say, how do you make so much garbage? And he would grab the bag out and take it across. But I would say, how do I make so much garbage? And I realized we both had a very different interpretation of what a full garbage can was. (laughs) Because to me, when I'm busy cooking, if I can still smash it down and get one more thing in there, it's not ready to take out yet. But apparently to him, if it was more than three quarters full, it was time to go. And he would grump about it now. He would come in and he would complain and, you know, take the garbage over. When I took a trip out to California to spend some time with my daughter and he had stayed back here to take care of our kitties. 
And when I came home, he proudly said to me, do you know how many times I had to take out the garbage while you were gone? Just once. And I said, look, you were eating out at the diner the whole time I was gone. That's why there was no garbage. But still, like in his mind, all the garbage was my doing. I created all that garbage. It finally occurred to me one night, you know, I mean, it just became this really sticking point in our relationship because it would annoy me to no end that he would complain to me about it, whip the garbage out and complain about it when I was like, oh, well, I could still get stuff in there. And then one night I realized in my head, he should just automatically take out the garbage and he should do it without any complaining at all. No bitching. Right. This is like what was written in my head. The husband should take out the garbage and he should not bitch about it. But that expectation that I had was making us both miserable, was making me miserable because it just so ruined my evening to have him be grumpy about taking out the garbage. You know how that can be. And one night it occurred to me, I was in the kitchen cooking and I thought, you know what, let me just take this across. It's better than hearing him complain. And I grabbed the garbage out of the can and I took it across while something was simmering, dumped it in the garbage can. I mean, it took less than 60 seconds, you guys. Doing that changed everything. It was amazing because suddenly I wasn't feeling irritated about the garbage anymore. I would just take it out. It was like so much easier for me to say I should not be waiting for him to take it out because he's going to complain and make me miserable. So I will just take the garbage out. And because he was so competitive, <laughs> we had a very competitive relationship. It suddenly became like she's taking my job. So he would try to get in the kitchen and take the garbage out before I could get to it. It changed our relationship, it changed our dinner time, it changed my evenings. It's like one stupid little thing. And all of a sudden the relationship becomes more gentleness and give and take, right? And this is what manuals are all about. I had a husband manual in my head that had lots of paragraphs, lots of rules, lots of expectations. Now, of course, the husband has no idea that you have a husband manual in your head. He's too busy thinking about the wife manual he has in his head, <laughs> right? And when you have all those expectations for someone else, they're based on what you think the other person should be doing differently to make you happy. Now, that's just not going to work. If you've been following me along here, you now begin to understand that it's not circumstances outside of you that create your feelings. It's always what you're thinking about it. So you cannot expect someone else to make you happy. And if they're making you unhappy, it's because of what you're thinking about their behavior. I was comparing Jim's behavior to a manual and expectation in my head and feeling unhappy because I was telling myself he should just automatically take out the garbage and not complain. That was my thought that was causing me so much trouble. 
And as soon as I was able to drop that thought, hey, life was pretty special. We have manuals for so many people in our lives. You probably have a mom manual. Maybe you have a friend manual, right, that says if you text your girlfriend, she should text you back right away. Or if you call your friend, they should pick up. They shouldn't be screening you because they're your good friend. Or they should call you right back. You may have something in your friend manual that says if you both agree to meet for lunch at 115, that your friend should be there at 1.15, not 1.30. It's all in your manual. It's all your expectations. But the truth is, you can't manipulate and change who your friend is. If she's chronically late, she's chronically late. That's just who she is. You have to change your expectation. You have to look in your friend manual and go, oh, I get it, because I'm punctual all the time. I'm thinking she should have to be punctual all the time, too. Now, if the shoe is on the other foot, you're going to understand very quickly that you don't want someone else trying to manipulate your behavior just so they feel better, right? If you're the one who's chronically a little bit late, you're always running behind and got to find a parking spot and give me a break. It's only like 10 minutes from when we said we would meet. But they're trying to manipulate your behavior. They're trying to berate you for being 10 minutes late or shame you in some way. It doesn't feel good. Same way it doesn't feel good if we try to manipulate other people's behavior. Like if you would only act this way, then I would feel loved. It's like emotional blackmail. <laughs> it really is. So the definition of a manual is an instruction guide we have for someone in our lives about how we would like them to behave so that we can feel good and be happy. Generally, the other person has no idea what the manual is that we have in our head. And no, it's not a good idea to think, well, I'll just sit down with my friend and I'll tell her what all the things in my manual and she can tell me all the things in her manual for me and then we can try to make each other happy. Stop it. <laughs> you other people don't make you happy. You have to make you happy. And as long as you have expectations for someone else and how they should act and how they should be, you're not going to be happy. So you need to learn how to acknowledge what's in your manual and let that go. Let that go. Because really, how the other person behaves has no impact on us emotionally until we think about it and we interpret it and we make it mean something right? Now, do note that manuals are a different thing if you're a parent or a boss. As a parent, you get to have expectations of your kids. It's really healthy. In other words, you get to have a kid manual. You get to tell your child, look, you need to make your bed before you go to school every morning. And if you don't, I'm going to strip all the covers off, throw them on the floor, and you'll need to make it when you get home so that you go to bed that night. You can set out expectations and add clear consequences if they don't meet those expectations because you're raising what you hope to be responsible, wonderful human beings. 
So by need, you need to be able to let them know what is expected of them in their life. Same thing goes if you are the boss at work, right? Or you have anybody that works under you. When you are the boss, you must have expectations for your employees and you must be very clear to them what those expectations are. If you're not making it clear, you don't get to be upset about the employee. But when you go to work somewhere, at least this is how it used to be back in the day, you guys, I don't know what millennials are doing, but when you go to work somewhere, the boss will tell you their expectations. They will say, you're expected to be at your desk by 8.30 every morning, Monday through Friday. You will have one hour break for lunch from noon to one, and we finish at four o'clock every afternoon. So the expectation is that you will be at your desk at 8.30, you will take a one-hour lunch, and you will work straight through till 4 p.m. If you don't meet their expectations, if you come waltzing in at 10 o'clock every morning, you're going to get fired. And they will tell you this. Bosses are very clear about that. Our expectation is you show up for work at 8.30. If you do not show up at work for, at 8.30 and you repeatedly break that rule without having a very good reason and contacting us to say, I'm not going to be there for 30 minutes, then we are going to fire you. Same thing when you are assigning work. If you have a project you need an employee to complete, you're going to give them the, the project. You're going to tell them what your expectation is for how they're going to complete it and when it will be done by. And you will tell them if there are consequences if that project's not done. So parenting and being a boss is an exception. There has to be expectations in those circumstances. You want to make sure that you are always clear on what your expectations are. And that when you deliver an expectation, the consequence is not emotional blackmail. You do not tell your child, if you don't pick up your room, mommy's going to be sad. That's emotional blackmail. Say, if you don't pick up your room, I'm going to throw away all your toys. That's not emotional blackmail. That's a clear consequence. Right? Same thing with employees. You want to be very clear. If you, this is what we expect you to do, and if you don't do it, this will be the consequence that happens. The consequence is not that you will feel disrespected by them. That's a total wrong way to approach it. You have an employee who's chronically late. You're not going to say, like, this is so disrespectful of me and the company. Like, who cares? That's, your, <laughs> that's emotional blackmail again. But you're going to say you need to be here at 830. If you're not here at 8.30 and you don't let us know why, repeatedly, we are going to fire you. That's a clear expectation and a clear consequence. So, when you are trying to embrace this concept, it's going to set you up for an enjoyable, long-lasting, conflict-free relationship with your kids, with your friends, with relatives, with employers even. You are not trying to manipulate them in any way to make you happy because you know it's what you think that is going to make you happy. And if that somebody 
repeatedly does something that just irritates the heck out of you, you need to sit down and think about what you've got written in your manual for them so that you can acknowledge it and say, well, let's tear that page out. You don't want to blame them for how they behave. So that is a quick outline of what manuals are, how to start recognizing them in your life. When we study this in Widow Coach's class, of course, we go much deeper into this and we have worksheets and we start working out all the manuals we can think of. Um, and it's kind of, it's a fun class because this gets us laughing. Usually by the time we get to manuals, we can already look somebody in the eye and they, they're like, oh yeah, I know my mom. <laughs> they know right away they have a manual. It's a lot of fun to discuss. It's a lot of fun to explore. And it's super rewarding to explore this and to start letting go of some of those expectations that are driving us crazy. Makes your life so much better. Makes your relationships so much better. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this. If you want to consider coming to Widow Coach's class, becoming a certified widow coach to reach out and help other widows, I would love to talk to you. You can go to widowcoaches.com and put in your name and email and you will get email from me. If you go there and put in your name and your email and you can't find an email back, you need to check your junk mail or let me know. Don't go telling everybody. I contacted her and I never heard anything back because so many times your email address is put in with a typo or something, or it's just, it's hitting your junk folder. Go look for it. And you can also reach out directly to me. If you say, Hey, I'm trying to get a hold of you because I'm very interested. I will immediately set up a time that we can talk about it. My email address is joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. If you're interested in class, go to widowcoaches.com and that will take you to the sign up page to get more information. Have a beautiful week. Get out there and find some joy in your life. <music>